Now then, we're back. Three flat caps in a whippet. Eagerly anticipated episode seven. And joined as ever by John. Alright, John. Yeah, I'm alright, you. It's good to see your face. Alright, Luke. Yeah, I'm about to. Yeah, no good to see your face. I've seen you all week. <laughs> I'm sick <laughs> of seeing you. <laughs> I'm just happy to see you, John. Um, we're. I'm sorry, it's been a long time. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing that everybody's recognised the fact that there's a bit of a pandemic going on. So we're giving ourselves a bit of a break for that. Um, I hope you guys give us a bit of a break for it as well. But it's really good to be back with these two, catching up over all things. We've got a bit of a twofold one for you today. So we're going to acknowledge the fact that we're in November and it's Movember. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But we're also going to look look at music as a bit of a topic today, which is something that we're all really sort of involved with, close to, um, and, and recognise the importance of it. So straight on to Movember then. Something that's quite close to... I'm sure some of the people that are listening, but um, Costa, I'm sure you guys as well. Um, some people just think more members about growing a moustache, um, or some people just think it's about the men's health physically as well, but it's changed quite a lot over the last five, six years. Um, I've been aware of it for quite a long time. I know you guys have, have done some things with me over the, uh, over the last few years to sort of raise money and awareness about it. I imagine it's a bit different for the... Uh, for the charity this year, but um, I know we've done some stuff around charity walks and things. Lost one of my friends a few years ago uh, for suicide, and Movember developed uh, more of a link uh, with sort of suicide prevention and that side of things uh, a number of years ago. And we went and did the we did the three peaks, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, in a day, and raised about a grand and a half, um, which was which was really hard, but it was yeah. fun. No, yeah, it was good. <coughs> Camped over. Campfire, all that sort of stuff. Got really early, did the three peaks, the Yorkshire, Yorkshire three peaks. Took about, took about five hours longer than it needed to. Yeah. As ever, when you're in a group of uh, blokes, they split off into sort of high ability group, middle <laughs> ability is, group, yeah. and low ability group. And to be fair, if I'd have done it, I think I could have clean shaven that morning and had a tash. <laughs> by the end of it. <laughs> tash, yeah, I could have had a tash by the end of it. The group that was at the front sort of decided to buy the, what was it, the third one? We were at the top of the second one. By the by, the time we got down the second one, they were sort of on the way up that last one, and it was getting dark. And by the time we got to the top, they'd somehow gone off track two hours, about five or six miles. Couldn't find the way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, top of the peak. This looks like a dead end. Clearly, looks like clearly not the higher ability. No. <laughs> well, and then higher ability physically. <laughs> they ended up paying about seventy quid in a taxi <laughs> to, to get back to, to the village, which oh. was. Hilarious for us because we'd been sort of taking it uh, at an alright pace, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, they'd sort of stormed off and then ended up going off off track, and we did struggle to get off the top of the last one. To be that. fair, we had a really good pace until we were climbing the last one because one of the chaps that were with us started to have a breakdown. Um, oh yeah, was shuffling up, up in <laughs> So it was pitch black, and you could hear the waterfall at the side of us, and these two women came jogging down, didn't they? Yeah. They say. They're saying, oh, be, they're saying, be careful when you go up because there's a waterfall if you haven't done it before. I'm thinking, you're jogging now, this is easy. And he was scared of heights as well, and he's literally digging his nails into the side, like, going, sat on his bum, like, shuffling up, like, climbing up. Oh, oh, so. so, yeah, it was, that was hard going, that. Good fun, though, wasn't it? Oh, I proper enjoyed it, and obviously, it's for a, it was for a great cause. Mm. Um, I mean, Movember is something that I've done for ages. I was quite like, like winding my partner up to honest with you, because she hates the fact that I've got a moustache and I look like an absolute idiot. Um, or Bronson yeah or Bronson <laughs> hence now I'm not I'm going to say I lost my hair because it's still a little bit there but yeah. fight, <laughs> fighting a losing battle so obviously with the Covid cut now you're shaving the head I'm shaving it regularly so I do look a little bit like Bronson I'm not going to lather myself in butter or uh, <laughs> <laughs> or paint myself gold <laughs> but yeah it's a bit of a weird look at the minute and sometimes go for the handlebar seen some cracking moustaches a couple of people doing it in, in our works um, mm. I've not seen many of them because of bubbles and all that and Covid whatever's but uh, I normally go for a handlebar you've done it before haven't you what, yeah what's, after you, it, yeah. what's your preferred moustache what, whatever can grow on my face <laughs> nowhere else <laughs> I'm not very I can now but I couldn't when I first started doing it but like you I can't I, well my partner won't let me shave it off now. <laughs> it's taken me about five years to grow a beard so 
on our Instagram, which is also our three uh, <laughs> tedious plug. Just linking into some of the services that you could potentially access. And to some hey, if you ever want to drop us a message, just drop us a message as well. We're more than happy to listen and, and sort of obviously keep things confidential. But we're here to do that as well. We use each other to talk about stuff like this, so feel free to use us for it. Yeah, it's not always readily available, is it, for everybody out there? We're no. very lucky to not just have, have be able to do this, but um, sort of be comfortable enough to do this on a podcast. So it's, yeah, it's good. I think it's going to be a nice little interim one today. We need to get a whip it back, we'll be on it. But um, yeah. let's hope, fingers crossed, on fourth lockdown eases and we can maybe shoe on um, a whip it in before Christmas. That'd be Ooh. nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got some new software now. Some new the, the, the new software 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 Came downstairs and saw Santa doing something uh, not so nice to mummy. <laughs> she was screaming, Daddy, she was screaming. Look at all Santa and Christmas. Some right trauma in Christmas. Chris, Christmas is a tough time. It is. It is. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I digress. I digress from being sorry. Next episode, technology's on the back foot. We're doing Christmas. Yeah. I'm up for that. Well, we could just do big occasions, can't we? Oh yeah, big occasions. Because like you know, there's, there's all there's all sort of things as well around. Um, if you've lost someone around a special time, you know, like Easter times for me. So Easter always brings up, yeah, you know, certain memories and certain. I feel like Christmas. Like I feel like we should talk about Christmas a bit. It's gonna be a weird one this year. Could be. Could be. We'll see, won't we? Yeah. Jesus. Stay tuned for episode eight. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Covid times. Right, so we're going to move on to some music then, yeah, I can't segue, wait for this. Segue into the music section, I feel like it should be some Christmas sort of... number one would have been an amazing segue. Oh, yeah, what's, what are you going for? I don't even know what's in the charts. So oh my god, you know one song that's in the charts? Oh no. That's literally sparked some fury and fire. If this is the one that you just played to me. It's absolutely it's disgusting. The, we, we sort of, uh, one of the reasons that we decided to do music as a topic this time around was... Um, <laughs> One one particular song. I'm not going to name the song for obvious reasons. <laughs> Probably not allowed to. But um, one really. I think it's just right. It's not. I don't want to be involved in um, spreading the publicity. For yeah. That yeah. And this is not us being old grumps, by the way. I do you know what I was thinking. Song, I was thinking about so this. Down. Is not. This is not. I mean, I get that boundaries need to be pushed, or, or that people will push those boundaries. Yeah, everyone's got create freedom of creativity, uh, and then yeah, but I mean. But, you know, you talk about when what was it, when Frankie went to Frankie got solo and got banned and stuff mm, from yeah. BBC in like in eighties. And you look about that, you look back on that now and you think, oh, why did that get banned? But you you will look back on this song and think, why did it not get banned? It's horrendous. You know, when we've got so much information out there for kids already, to to imagine that these these kids even are like maybe primary school days listening to people the are song. dying to know what song this is out there. Oh, I'm sure even if they listen to the explicit version of it, I mean, am I? The, the, the non-explicit version so yeah, I played 30 seconds of that for you didn't I, I think, yeah god might be a oh. I'm just drawing together some of the things that we're saying I, I know we were briefly talking about where that came from so where the music subject came from and it came from this song that sort of sparked a bit of fury in, in, in two of us when we were um, when we listened to it by chance <laughs> not by choice um, one of the things that you mentioned there John was sort of about influence I mean, we'll come back to the actual song um, a little bit later on. I'm, I'm conscious that we might just start ranting if we keep diving into the into that specific song. <laughs> Influence was something you mentioned, and especially like you said, now information is more accessible than ever, so you can access that song or other songs so uh, readily available and so um, easily. Do you think that influence is more important now, or do you think that influence is or more? Uh, Treat music influences people more now. Yeah, that's probably a better way. Of it. To I, I would say, and again, you know, apologies for going back to technology, but I would say because of technology, influence is m- more from. Yeah, you're influenced more by technology, whereas you know, back in the day, I would have listened to a band because of me or my dad yeah. or someone had recommended a band. I had to listen to them. You don't have to. You, you have to either wait for it to come on the radio, or go out to the shop and buy the actual CD. Or go to their house yeah. and listen to Whereas it. now it's a lot more readily accessible. There's also a lot more. There's a lot more genres of music now that are out there, which are yeah. um, giving, I suppose, different influences to when we were younger. Mm. I very rarely heard any rap music when we were younger. 
not like to the point where you can hear it now. You can turn a, a popular radio station on now, and it's literally just full of rap music. Yeah. Um, whereas when when I was younger, I don't I don't feel like it was, and obviously I was influenced by my parents' choices of music and stuff. So yeah, I was just say, more sheltered nice. from that type of music. But. Um, I think I think there's there's. Yeah, I, like you say, I just think it's more prevalent now, isn't it? There's, there's lots more, more stations. Yeah, there's lots more exposure and lots more stations for it to be on. I mean, you, I think what we're saying and what we're seeing with that the, the song that we were talking critically about is sort of because of the increased saturation of all the music out there and being able to access it as easy as you can, you're going to get a lot more rubbish, whereas... Or what we perceive as rubbish. There might be people out there thinking, "Oh, it's a, it's a great song." If you know, it <laughs> it's a great song. Play it, play it, play it at yeah. a wedding, then. Yeah, I don't know. I'll play it. You know, you say that like a child's dance. birthday but, party. But you know, in all seriousness, you know, if you wanted to be on popular radio stations, um, then you know you would need you would have needed the backing. You'd have needed you'd needed to do the groundwork to get the popularity to get you know locally to regionally to nationally and you might have had like um <clears throat> the promoters or someone publishing that that would push you towards those radio stations if you had the money to do it but ultimately you know to be on the radio you would have needed to be popular already or or a popular artist bringing out a new song maybe that no one's heard before but whereas now i think it's you, you just need you know youtube yeah you, just, if you've got the money to pay for the advertising and songs and then it just needs a. It seems to just need a sort of catchy hook. I think it almost yeah. plays on that sort of addiction, and then the sort of the culture side of it, where <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I'm gonna throw out. You know, eighty percent of statistics are all false, but I'm gonna throw out a false statistic myself now. <laughs> in that, I, w- I would hazard a guess that actually maybe two thirds of the people that are buying this song and listening to it, it's the don't actually like it. It's just because of the peers. Or just because it's where it's advertised, yeah. or because he's an influencer on on some part of social media that's pushing this, or that the artist is an influence influencer itself. So I think that's the that's the bit that we've got to. You know, yeah. we're talking about influencers and things now. Could you ever imagine, you know, uh, like someone from Black Sabbath? like pushing the music in the same way, trying to be an influencer? Mm-hmm. I think something like that. You, you, you've drawn us back to the original question, which is really yeah, nice. I mentioned influence and how much we have of that or had of that previously compared to now and stuff. The interesting thing is now you would label people as an influencer, yeah. like you're saying, because of their ability to reach so many people, not just in a concert or on a radio station, but even further into lives with, like we've said, with technology and streaming services and all that sort of stuff. Do you think, um, I'm drawing on to sort of the genres and stuff and I'm thinking of when we're describing that song specifically, but you, you mentioned Black Sabbath. Do you think the genre of music um, that somebody's um, categorised as impacts on the way that they influence people or the, or the, or, um, the, uh, the capacity that yeah. they're influencing people in? I think less and less genre makes a difference now. I think if you if you if you look back to different moments in time from my lifetime, I would say, you know, where very early nineties was you know grunge, obviously with Nirvana, with Nine Inch Nails, with, with bands like that. They, they were the big bands, and and whenever you have a collection of sort of worldwide bands, then that genre rises to the top, and that genre is sort of the popular genre of that yeah. era, if you like. And then I think, you know, you, you start to see in the 90s, you'd have genres side by side. So you'd have, like, house or dance music or, like, the birth of, I suppose, of sort of pop-charted dance music in, like, again, the early to mid-90s with stuff like Swamp Thing, The Grid, and stuff like that were bursting into charts, especially sort of in the UK where we are. But the same time as that was happening, then you had, like, Oasis and Blur, yeah. and you had that real British indie. They still have a heavy influence today, though, as well, those bands, don't they, on, on certain people, on, on the way they dress, on the haircut, on the yeah, way they definitely. present themselves, they live their lives. I mean, you've got all the, the mods and, and rockers still, and you've still got those people out there. And, and are they... Yeah, because there was like a resurgence then of indie in the early 2000s, yeah. and I can look back on, I suppose what I was going to say is I can look back on certain times, certain parts of a decade or certain... Years and I could say that this genre was really strong and that this genre was really popular. 
now I don't think it is a genre. Is the power is the power more in the influencer or the relatability they have with people? So, for example, I don't think that song we're talking about. (laughs) I hope it doesn't relate. But there'll be some people absolutely love that, and and they so like like grind music, for example, is not my type of thing at all. And I can I can appreciate the people who write the music for what they do. But the people that listen to grind music are they influenced by the guy that sings it or the woman that sings it or the idea? Do they just or the idea or do they just find it is just absolutely relatable to their life so that they absolutely then they follow the music and they follow the person and, and they live that lifestyle or would they already be living that lifestyle so my question are they influenced by the person to live the lifestyle they live or do they just already live the lifestyle therefore then they like that music because it's relatable I think it's a bit of both I think like you mentioned you weren't really exposed to much rap music or hip hop music Yeah. so that if that's not in your life and your culture already you're less likely I suppose to be able to relate to it yeah. I suppose you will yeah but then I suppose someone on the west coast in the 90s, you know, Cypress Hill, um, Run DMC, you, you know, there's loads of... Again, I think it it becomes because it's cause it wasn't as easily accessible or the it wasn't as far-reaching, I suppose. Um, you know, there were probably some really cool people in, like, the 90s who knew about these bands and things, and, and, and we didn't, but that, you know, they had to go out there and find that, because, like you say, maybe they were chasing that genre, or maybe they'd heard a snippet and, like, right, I really want... To know that there is, if you go all the way back to the, you know, I've read books um, around the Rolling Stones, and Keith Richards said that Mick Jagger was just a massive um, music collector. So like back in the sixties and stuff, when Mick Jagger was collecting them, he would literally he would just send off money to America, not knowing whether the vinyls were ever going to turn up because of the postage and everything. <laughs> but then like these, you know, because they've got a massive sort of what would what I would class as proper or traditional or original rhythm and blues. He'd be buying these records without listening to them first or, you know, just off of the name of the artist because he knew of this rhythm and blues artist. And, and then you can see that influence through the Rolling Stones music. And he was doing that from across the pond, not knowing whether they were going to turn up or yeah. whether they were going to turn up damaged or, you know, but that's, that's the sort of way I think that, for a, before it became really saturated stuff, that that would be how you'd need to do it. You, whereas now, you know, it doesn't matter that they're in America. You just type in the SoundCloud page or you know, whichever you, other media outlet's available. Do you think that? So I just start picking up. Do you think that makes the lack of access that was and and now is? Do you think that makes us feel like some of those songs? Uh, are younger there you know like these classics that people love so I, I didn't have access to Run DMC or to NWA or any of that sort of stuff obviously yeah. probably too young at the time anyway but I really appreciate some of that stuff now and some people would class that as classic or some Oasis stuff or some of the older rock and, rock and roll stuff people would perceive as being a classic or being greatest of all time sort of style stuff do you think that's because we, we didn't have as much access to it so it almost is younger or... I don't know what I'm trying to... Do you know what I'm trying to say? It's difficult, isn't it, because of the way that things have kicked on to know whether it's because we were too... We were younger or whether... But, I mean, you, you look like Cypress Hill, what's that, like, late 90s? Mm-hmm. So, if, and, and naturally we saw... Um, I, can't, I can't remember if that life maybe They did the, the album with Rock Superstar and Rap Superstar. That's probably like a, a Cypress Hill song over here that people of our age would know mm. if they knew about it but again that was a chart thing so that was I remember Rock Superstar being in the charts and uh, you know it, it, maybe that was the start of those sort of genres um, breaking through I think into more into a more mainstream mm. sort of platform I don't know because you think about then like the 80s it won't, it's not just it's an American American band or from some because we've had them all over and then you know Rock, we talk about rock in the eighties and stuff with Metallica, Australia, um, Guns N' Roses, America, um, Eddie Van Halen. Now we're talking. So <laughs> you know, you're talking about people from all parts of the world, mm. but again, they will have got really big in their own region, then really big in their own country, then they'd have started booking world tours, and then that's when probably we'd have started picking up on the radios over here or platforms over here or ways to listen to who were your influencers you two and why like musical influencers oh that's a question isn't it so that was something I was going to ask you guys you pick, like, pick, pick, pick like what sorry man that's just because no, I love it love you it. might as well go first that's because I threw just... out Eddie Van Halen yeah he did who so, yeah. sadly passed away um, a few weeks ago so rest in peace Eddie 
Um, yeah, he was one of mine. And again, my, my music sort of, I suppose. Journey. Journey, yeah. Um, Not the band. <laughs> although, good band. Um, my musical influences came from my mum mainly, from when she was ironing. <laughs> she used to iron to Meatloaf and just classic rock, Bon Jovi and whatnot. So that's how I started getting into music, was listening to that sort of stuff. And I just liked the, I liked the beat. I didn't necessarily make a connection with the lyrics and I still don't necessarily make a connection with the lyrics I don't think um, and I know a lot of people do but I'm more about the rhythm and the beat so the music that I listen to at the minute is all is like is, is heavy metal that's really sort of grungy um, heavy metal with some good sort of boom cheat some good sort of beat behind it um, but I don't, I don't you love a bit of all but all bit like a cross between rock metal and uh, rock and roll which is just like a really weird mashup, but I just love the music and the beats to it. I'm a bit of a sucker for a catchy pop song as well, but I like it when a rock band does a, real a catchy big pop one song. Direction fan. I am not a big One Direction fan. Why have you got a Harry Styles t shirt? I have a Harry Styles t shirt But yeah, my, my, my influences for music were, were the, the old classic rock music, which has then got me into more. Did you hear how nervous that laughed a while by the way, listeners? Into the more heavier stuff that I listen I to. I don't today. like Harry. <laughs> anyway, they're my influences. Rest in peace, Eddie. Um, you play a bit of music as well. Yeah, and that, was from, that was from Eddie Van Halen. So I was watching him and I watched him play the guitar on the screen. And he didn't just play the guitar with a left hand uh, on the strings and a right hand plucking the strings. He was like using both hands to tap the cr- absolute, yeah. Up and down the fretboard, yeah. He was all over that thing. He was finger tapping, he was tap harmonics. And the way he played the guitar and the creativity and the freedom that he had on it, just and how fast it was, but how melodic it sounded as well, really got me into wanting to learn to play the guitar. And the first thing I actually learned to do on the guitar was finger tap eruption. <laughs> that was literally before learning a chord or anything, just to mimic and copy him. Um, so yeah, he really got me into sort of my musical journey. So he was the influence. Yeah, big time, yeah. Would you say that you have any other new? Because I know you've spoke to both of us about it, you know Eddie Van Halen and and mm. sort of your uh, musical likes. Would you say that you have any other influences, any other genres specific that you that you listen to or that you you can access or relate to? I listen. I do like. I like a bit of dance, um, but only when I'm in the car. And again, that that just that gives me memories of my childhood. I think a little bit when I was in the whenever I was in the car with mum or dad. They would uh, put dance music on in the car. It was, it's all situational. When she was ironing, it was rock music. It was in the car, it was dance music. Um, so I do like a little bit of dance, but um, I wouldn't say it's really influenced me because I don't tend to listen to it now. The only time I listen to dance music now is when me and my partner are in the kitchen and we're having a bit of a, 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 a laugh on Alexa and you're trying to find out the most, you know, the, the strangest tunes from when you were younger. Like, Alexa, play Fly on the Wings of Love. And it's like, just <laughs> listen to all that it's all real time dance to music. Musical. Yeah, <laughs> but no, to be honest, mate, mainly I'm, I'm listening to probably just like a, a, a few genres at the minute, metal mainly. Old school rock and roll, so a bit of Elvis and the crossover that that sort of come out from that. And like I said, every now and then a bit of dance music as well. So I don't really listen to that many genres at the minute. And there's genres I don't like. Can't stand indie. Don't like it at all. I don't like Oasis and that sort of style of music. It's just not for me. It's just not. It's not heavy enough. Like I said, my likes are the melody and the mm. power that they give you. I'm not necessarily into the lyrics. So yeah, I think I'm the opposite. Genuinely, so. <laughs> I, I I think I could probably name. Three genres I don't like. Yeah. Wow. Um, there are big genres that I don't know of. Or genres that. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, just anything classical. Any. I was just trying to think when you were saying that as well. But I don't think I am situational. If it is ever situational, it is probably because um, it's not my wife's preference. Right. Okay. So, you know, I, I won't want to sort of put her through that or whatever. Yeah. Just, be, just kind of be nice, compromising, whatever. Yes, yeah, so if you're in the car got, together, it tends yeah. to be your wife's, uh, your wife's choice. Or just I will choose something within my musical taste yeah. that she likes as well. Yeah. So right. it's not like I'm going to put myself through pain for it, but... Um, so I'm lucky there, so my partner listens to the same music I listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is probably why we don't investigate other styles of music that often, because we both like that type of music. So. Investigate, I like that. But my kids are getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. So, you know, they, they start getting the poppy side and, and things like that. And then they, 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 pick, they picked up from... So, Kiss was on a programme. Yeah. Um, so, I Was Made For Loving You. Oh, what a tune. Both my kids absolutely adore it. Like, love it. Like, playing it on, they're asking, you know, all good, whatever machines to... Um, 
I'm not an Alexa fan myself, but uh, <laughs> we got one for Christmas. Go, go Apple. Other, uh, other voice <laughs> command machines are available. <laughs> yeah. But you know that, that, that's our thing. But you know, my wife, um, she like run, runs a show and stuff. But so anyway, she had, that means she had to work Saturdays. So when my kids were really young, it was like Saturday morning was music morning, and it'd literally be whatever mood I was in. Yeah. Um, and then we got like in the last few, last couple of years, we got really into a band called. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Now these are like an Australian band, <laughs> yeah, that and they funny. are they yeah, and they are within the cell. There's about eight or nine of them in the band, and, and the two drummers, and and just like and I've been to see them live in Leeds, and the other two of them are amazing. But you could if you listen to their back catalogue, and they released five albums in one year. One was like um, Egyptian jazz. One was like uh, blues rock. One was metal. One was. Um, I don't know, just heavy rock. The, you know, the, the amount of genres I think one was like a, almost like an operatic rock or, or a rock soundtrack to um, something that would be really theatrical. You find um, a lot of like musician music, and yeah, voice. You find a lot of rock stuff. music and metal music has been influenced by classical music, don't you? It's got a classical element to it. And yeah, because Muse, especially, you know, you talk about a band, British band Muse, they were all classically trained, weren't yeah. they? So, and, and, and anyway, so the genres, but I'm, glad, I'm kind of glad I'm passing it on to my, my kids because we'd listen to King Gizzard and Elizabeth and, and um, one of the songs is uh, like this prog rock, eight minutes, called Rattlesnake, and most of the lyrics is Rattlesnake. <laughs> um, and it's just got, it's got wind, like whooshing noises, wind noises, it's proper sort of quite out there, prog rock. My wife goes to pick up George from school. He's one star at the... This is a couple of years. He's in reception at this point. So he's four years old. He's one star at the... Um, can I just speak to you on the screen? Jo- yeah, George is one star of the day, and that means he gets to pick a song that we all tidy up to tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he's picked King Lizard... Wizard, and Mark just has to go, King is a little lizard with us. Yeah, it's fine. There's no swearing. Yeah. You'll, be, you'll be all right. And it's just like, so I'm like, you know, how many four-year-olds have been around the country? Can I have that? And I think that's the important thing. It's, you know, you settled on genres. Yeah. You might have had your influences, but um, there'll have been people that tried to influence me in certain genres yeah. that I just haven't been. So, like, happy hardcore, Jesus. Yeah. It's just really not for me. Like Scooter. That's like Euro trash dance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Not... Jean Paul Gaultier in that program, but people won't even know what I'm talking about. And that's how that's how old we are now. But yeah, so I think you know the more you can, it's not necessarily a bad thing, is what I'm saying. So when we're talking about it being out there and saturated, and I know we started off as a bit of a grump at the yeah. beginning, but without it being the way that it is, I reckon I'd never have come across King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and I've got all their albums, and I've been to see them live, and I think they're amazing. Yeah. Because of how, because of such a breadth of genre that they cross, you know, and, and the music that they do, and they're so talented. And I think we started off grumbling about that song, and we started talking about how how it's so saturated the music business that you're gonna get a lot more rubbish, yeah, um, than possibly you used to do in terms of radios and stuff. But then you know, I've never, I can't, I can't be annoyed at because I've probably never come across these guys. Do you think? You might be able to answer this as well, Luke, but John, you probably have more of an answer. Do you think you consciously influence your children with your music taste? Or is it something that you... Yeah. 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 Do you do that on purpose, then? Oh, well... Uh, because that's oh, what so, I'm trying so, to yeah, so I, I, think, I do, I think, yeah. I think it's got to be conscious when I'm only putting that on. Yeah. So if I was consciously trying to give them more of a breath... But, I, but then, you know, like I said... I listen to lots of different types of things, you know. George, he'll go from that, but then he'll love, like, Van Morrison. Yeah. Um, and then, he'll, you know, like, The Beatles. Um, and <laughs> to um, It's Tricky, you know. And, and just, like, different, you know, there's lots of different things that he does listen to, so I'm quite happy with that. I think I, I don't consciously push him down a so narrow road yeah. of a genre. It, and and you think that's for a reason? Well, you want to have as, as broad of listening ability as they possibly can don't you? you don't want to just force them into one thing but Roxanne's, Roxanne's 30 month old and 
her favourite bands are my three favourite bands. Now, if that's because I play them all the time, yeah. she just hears them all the time. Yeah. But when we play something different, she's not bothered. Like, she don't, she'll do this little dance when it comes on, and I'll say, do you want ball beats on? And she'll go, eh, yeah, like this, and she <laughs> loves it. Like, she gets the same, she gets a better reaction to that than she does CBeebies. Um, <laughs> so, but like, and then we, we have put other music on and trying to, but she's really not bothered. She, she genuinely, but is that because I played it loads? Maybe. Oh, she just actually quite likes it and it's really catchy because it is catchy. That's on the side, isn't it? You know, the connection. If you share, that, yeah, that we f- dance to that together and we play yeah, it together to that connection. Whereas if well, we put flipping, well, I'm not going to put that song on, but if we put that song on, I won't even be bothered. And hopefully she won't be either. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, because it's horrendous. Mine's a bit weird. I don't know where. My, my mum and dad sort of. I wouldn't say they forced, but they say they really, really sort of offered us the opportunity, my, me and my sister, the opportunity, we, we've been on the podcast, uh, check out a, one of the previous episodes. <laughs> can't remember which episode, no, it's can you? Nope. Um, and they, they offered us, we were really lucky to have the opportunities to be sort of musical. Neither of my parents really were, uh, or they wouldn't say they were. So we sort of got offered the opportunity to play musical instruments. They weren't overly musical people they would probably say that I don't uh, I don't think but they had music on all the time um, one of the bands that must, they'll laugh when they, if they listen to this but Beautiful South was and you know House oh, band carrying on the charts I love were, Beautiful were basically South basically sort of our ride to school in the, with the tape in the car when I got my first car I had that tape in my car as well oh god I'm not like oh nice um, ah. Just amazing, and, and like that's obviously then I, you know, no, no shadow of a doubt that's had an impact on sort of um, on my taste in music or appreciation for it. I think one of the things that um, you'll know both of you as musicians um, that I think influences me was my, um, like I was saying about being given the opportunities, my involvement in music then sort of I think has had an impact later on now how I'll listen to it like you said yourself John but probably easier to name the things you don't like I'll listen to you know literally like you said classical Debussy to dubstep to uh, heavy drum and bass you drum and bass heavy metal old school rock I don't mind a bit of indie blues old school blues really fortunate to have my uncle and auntie live next door to my mum and dad and he he played a bit of guitar, and I saw him from a young age uh, with with his acoustic guitar and stuff, and maybe that was a bit of a thing there as well. But we've been to a couple of sort of really old school blues gigs like Walter Trout and mm. Joe Bonamassa and people like that, and just I think the appreciation for the musicianship is something that influences mm. me more. So like being like I said, being involved in music from a really young age physically, so sort of looking at the how it's all built and physically having a go at it or being not that great at it mm-hmm. made me sort of appreciate different genres more I think you know rather than uh, and this is not me saying that you're wrong obviously. Oh, no, mate. you know me I like what I like and, um, I'll just stick to that thanks <laughs> I like to appreciate the different qualities of them all so like the, the, the composition of a symphony mm-hmm. when you're listening to somebody or a son- or a sonata, you know, the elegance of something like that. And the, but equally the en- elegance and composition of uh, Master of Puppets. Yeah, and sorry, you, you were just saying that then, and you were talking about sort of the musicianship. And, it's my love. And um, <laughs> you're talking about the musicianship, and then you're talking about... And I think that's what I consciously am. I'm consciously bothered I suppose if there's one thing about music that I'm consciously bothered about with my own children is that they appreciate people who not just in my opinion but they appreciate people who really have a craft yeah now it might just be my own ignorance to the type of songs where they're just sort of all done on a computer <laughs> in, in a studio somewhere but I see that you know that sort of digital age, and I know they, you know, there was the eighties, and everyone kind of said it about that, and it's come back, and then, you know, a lot of the songs that we get now, um, you know, even like someone like Dave Getter, you know, they'll, they'll be doing it on, you know, machines, software, yeah. and so yeah, they'll be using programs and things, which is fine, and and I suppose the, there is still a real craft in that for me, you know, and for others, but some of the songs I think that I'm wary of, 
and it's not just necessarily the one that we're talking about, but I, I, when I when I think that that could have just been done by anybody, yeah, hundred percent. Then uh, that's what I'm bothered about. I'm not bothered about George and and you know Michael knowing is is that he's actually being appreciative of of that craft because it is a craft. Mm-hmm. You know, art in any form. Oh, song, yeah. You know, musicianship, art in any sort of painters, anything yeah. like that. You know, to be able, I think. I don't know. I think I don't know if we're just losing that. That that's what I'm bothered about. I love seeing uh, sort of what you would class at the minute as sort of popular artists. So it's like a Taylor Swift, for example, at the minute. Um, in a situation where they're not forced, but they're being really uh, putting themselves out there and vulnerable, if you like, in an age where everything is quite digital, and sitting behind a piano. Yeah. Or, or, you know that really stripped back stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not a massive fan of their music, or. I don't mind it, whatever, but I, I quite like seeing that because that, that reminds me that they are an artist or a, you know, they have got, yeah. I can appreciate their stuff a little bit they more. They come from somewhere, aren't they? They're not just, just, yeah, they're not just... Makes me believe that they are actually a bit, yeah. of, you know... A bit and it won't be, to be honest, it won't be her that I categorise in that because... No, it's just an example of... You know, in, in the sort of, in America, in the sort of country genre and things, she, you know, she was, she was big there for a reason and yeah, her music is that sort of popular music chart style because mm. that's what sells but yeah I, I reckon if you stripped them back there'd be some really nice mm. you know you'd be able to recognise if you picked away the sort of you know the bells and whistles or the wrecking balls yeah or the wrecking balls <laughs> but actually you, you, you know you'd be able to feel the song a little bit more you connect with it a little bit more um, it's a good segue if you don't mind me closing that bit off there one, well, of, one of the things that I, I wanted to touch on was um, was feeling but I feel like you've got something else to just chuck in. Go on. I was just going to say, as the ones that I was alluding to in terms of these artists, yeah, um, is the artist that when you look on the inner sleeve, if anyone knows what that is, it isn't there anymore. <laughs> Cigarette packet. Or, or just, you know, the, the small print of the album with all the credits. When there's like 10 writers involved in an album. Yeah. And when, you know, I feel sorry for the writers at that point. Yeah. It's like, well, did they write, you know, just because they don't have the look, again, or the influence, or yeah. Yeah. Is, is that what's happening there as well? I think that's what I'm conscious of, going back to that with uh, my own kids, in terms of, you know, making sure that they do know... Because it feels like the you know, like, you know, they're pulling wool over my eyes, if you like, mm-hmm. with that. Well, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Have a look at it. 12 different writers. Yeah. Their names probably uh, they, they you know they might have written the most or they might not have but they probably got paid the most yeah you know so in the, these writers are you know wasted at that point they they, they could be doing some nonsense <laughs> it goes back to and this is not a slur on him but Jose Gonzalez Heartbeats mm. for the Sony advert you remember that yeah that's the one song in the album that he didn't write it's written by the knife mm. the knife is called right not written by him at all so again I, you know I buy that album I'm absolutely you know yeah, yeah wow. I didn't know that and then, and then I look I, at, and then I look I at like it and I feel that. robbed yeah I feel robbed <laughs> it's not even written by it. but anyway so mm. feelings I feel robbed you're feeling robbed <laughs> thanks I mean it's an interesting you're actually giving me a little bit of something there like the feeling that I used that album ironically or whatever or those albums his stuff is my Sort of on the beach by the pool album, and you mentioned situations earlier. But sometimes, if the wind's blowing the right way, and I put that his music on, gives me a feeling as well. Yeah, and I suppose I sort of wanted to segue a little bit into what music, how music can make you feel, or feelings that you've had. It's created whatever I don't know. <laughs> you see where I'm going? So like, yeah. Yeah, so maybe, so maybe like Luke, you talking about your mum and dad. Was there a lot of speeding going on in the car? <laughs> 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 it certainly was. Yeah. So that gave me a was, feeling was of it, excitement. Was some, and, and I still get that same feeling now whenever I listen to dance music. Was it like aggressive ironing to sort of rock the roll? <laughs> so that was just just like just gives me a feeling of I don't know contentness. I suppose and warmth when you listen to rock and roll that beats. It just takes me back to that point. Um, but yeah, music does make you feel a certain way, doesn't it? Um, and We've all had a breakup song. I've had a I've been fortunate enough and unfortunate enough, I suppose, to have a first dance song and a divorce song. Um, and when you have those sort of, you listen to those songs, they do evoke certain feelings in a you. A divorce song. Yeah, and 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 I don't. It's not necessarily again, like I said, for the lyrics. For me, is it's the it's the the way the songs played and the the because it could have no lyrics in for me a lot of the time. It's the melody of the song that produces that and evokes that feeling in me. Are you comfortable in sharing a divorce song? The divorce song. Uh, oh God, now I'm not going to share that. Jesus. 
I just thought I'd start checking. That's horrendous. I'm going to my first dance song. Go for it. Can you feel the love? The Lion King version as well. Not the Elton John version. <laughs> okay. Wow. Nice. Is that why you got divorced? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, my singing talents. Amongst many yeah, other things. Yeah, if it things. wasn't the song choice, it was definitely yeah. singing. But yeah, no, it, 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 it does make you feel a certain way. Um, are there any songs that make you feel a certain way? Feelings, yeah, and memories. Um, lots of songs like that. Um, but one of your own songs, to be fair, Pyen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've written Pyen um, by my granddad. So when, when I, it took me actually a while to playing that live, um, which obviously I ended up playing that live at Leeds or two, which was just a very emotional gig anyway to be playing at Leeds or two to sort of assault that crowd, and then you know trying to nail that song that I'd written about my granddad who mm-hmm. recently passed, and that's why I wrote the song. Um, yeah, the emotion in that. And if I yeah. listen back to it now, which, sorry guys, I'm, you know, I don't listen back to myself that often. Um, <laughs> we listen to it all the time. But yeah, it does. It, it really does bring out, and it did at the time, and it probably took me about half a dozen different gigs to actually be able to fully control, you know, myself while I was singing that song. Did that help you? So did the song help you? Uh, work through the, the 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 grief or the emotion that it was creating, and did it on the flip side of that. So twofold. Did the uh, did the emotion and stuff that the song was creating help you perform or help you? Probably hindered at first. Yeah. You know, because um, the emotion was that strong. Um, I don't know if it helps me with grief, but um, I suppose it helped me learn to accept or cope that feeling. So when we talk about ourselves in in sort of the work that we do when we talk about, you know, children struggling and their challenges with um, difficult feelings, um, which obviously grief is. I think the song helped me to learn how to cope with it. It didn't alleviate it. Grief is no. still grief. It still hurts. Mm. But, um, yeah, being a, performing that song definitely learned me to help, helped me learn how to deal with that emotion. Um, I don't think it necessarily... Helps me with the grief overall. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I always find music something that that, that I've got in every. I've not half got it everywhere in my life. I'm one of those people that has music on all the time. Not about you guys. I can't really. I don't know where that comes from. But I just, you know, like we've started sort of sharing a, a space to work in a little bit more frequently. And you'll probably notice. I, it's not, not not much space in the day if we've not you know got something where we need it like a meeting Me going off yeah. or whatever then the music streaming service gets used pretty quickly yeah. and, and well, even, in, even you know yourselves from conversations with like before even in class when I'm teaching is music yeah. on whether it's you know music that's obviously appropriate but um, sort of carefully picked playlists that, that won't get them too excited um, a specialist type of music like binaural beats yeah actually, so really. I'm talking about that yeah putting binaural beats on and then if you want something a bit sort of bouncier as buzz in the afternoon when you're doing something a bit more creative and you want to get them up and about then they actually do binaural house beats oh really so if you if you google binaural house beats you get some really good get the kids g'd up and yeah yeah it. so you can really I'm not, sorry for boring everybody now but you can really stretch like a window of tolerance for that as well yeah. you know you can, you can help sort of get people up get people down um, and get used to doing that but yeah, music all the time for me. I'm struggling at me because I'm in a new office with a new sort of job, um, a new uh, SLT, and I'm not listening to music anywhere near as much now that I'm not teaching, which sounds really bizarre. <laughs> um, but at the same time, when I am in, in the office on an afternoon, I'm just really conscious because the other people in the office don't really, we've, we've had conversations and they, they, can't, they say they can't really work to music because it's distracting. Yeah. So, yeah, so my music... I can't get my head around that, mate. My music's really quiet and sort of keep myself to yeah. myself with that, I suppose. Mm. So obviously, you know, talking, sociable. I'm not saying I'm not that, but the music's really quiet just so that I can yeah. kind of hear it. I love having that fuzz in the background. It helps me, it helps me process and work better. Quite a busy person, aren't you? So yeah. I think that's part of that. Yeah, just, it, it, I, can, I, can, I can hear that, but then I can focus on what I need to focus on. Yeah. When that's not there... I struggle to maintain that focus on what I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of iron as well, to be fair. Yeah. I think that's quite similar on that, aren't we? Sort of that, having that, not, I wouldn't call it background music because I can sometimes have it quite loud, whether that be on headphones or whatever, but I definitely think it helps me focus. 
whether that's for extended periods of time or whatever. But yeah, sometimes do you, do you ever get lost in it? So you ever I'm just thinking sort of maybe if you're out for a walk or just sat in the garden, whatever in the car. Do you ever get lost in music? And what does what does that feel like for you? Or what scenarios might that be like? I think I've only probably experienced that once. I don't really get lost in it because I'm. God, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It, and it was when we were on the way to um, to Wales when we went mountain biking. Oh, you put some Hans Zimmer on in the car, what and it was it was that it was dark, but you could just see the scenery just about. And he put some Hans Zimmer on, and I was just for like for about five minutes when it was on. I was just sat there, and I was just completely lost in the atmosphere and the music and the and the scenery that was around. It was good, that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mega. I really, I love his stuff, and yeah. that. That I think the surroundings probably supported it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Because also I've, ne- I've never really been lost in music, I suppose, other than that one and that's a yeah. I find probably my closest example to that is when I've been at a really sort of um, a live a live yeah. experience. I, I'm uh, not somebody that will uh, get absolutely drunk at a festival or at a you know a live gig to a degree. Obviously, I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm not just going to sit at the back writing notes. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> he's just trying to tell you drinks responsible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that's my where I get lost because of the appreciation of the artist. So I can see the, all the work that's going on from the stage and focusing on different people. You've already got those vibes as well because you're at a festival or a gig. Yeah, it's yeah, happy, happy vibe. So yeah, you can kind of push it. I think you know one of the key things is you said you, you, you're driving in a car, you get lost in music with all the surroundings. You're in the surroundings where you know those surroundings as well as the music is pushing everything out of you far from you're not yeah, thinking about this stuff. So to get yeah, I think all, to get lost in music the way that you've described it, you're getting lost in music at certain points where you know it, it's an escape. I think almost where whereas I think that definitely happens for me, especially at live gigs. I'm yeah. always lost in music at live gigs, um, drinking responsibly and acting appropriately. But. Um, <laughs> But at home as well, I mean, you know, stick on a vinyl. Um, I, I got recently got, I don't know, it's, it's just so I, I'm not a massive Sabbath fan, I'm not trying to push them. Well, I'm a massive Sabbath fan, but it's not the only band that I listen to. But they released their 50th anniversary of oh, you sure? their Is album, The Black yeah, Sabbath yeah. thing, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I posted it up on social media, it's like this big box set. And you know, that for me, without even, b- before the vinyl started playing, I was lost. Because mm. of that whole package. Anticipation. Yeah, yeah and then just everything else, you know, was just white noise. I couldn't yeah. connect with it. And, you know, going through that whole thing. Even like getting it out and just... Yeah, it looking at the booklets, <laughs> putting the album <laughs> on. <laughs> Get one of them. <laughs> 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 Not a new vinyl. No, just ruined it. Definitely need to scrap a new vinyl. No, no, no. It cost a pretty penny, that box. So I'm not going to start ruining Yeah, then you stick that first sort of vinyl. And then there's a live one in that as well. So there's live in sort of Belgium and... In Switzerland, and you know, as soon as I stick them on, and I'm looking through, like the booklets that came with it and stuff, looking at the imagery and, you know, newspaper cuttings that they had and stuff around that album, just completely lost. But that's not a that's not a surrounding thing for me. That's no. just that's me making the time to push myself into that rather than me going somewhere to escape from something else. Or do you consciously do that, and do you consciously uh, make the effort to get lost? Or to I think so. expose yourself to it in a way that you uh, are benefiting or you know what I mean? Like, that mindfulness, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, I think mindfulness and that benefit, like I said, I'm struggling in the office. I think, you know, that's all the time for me. So listening to music is is me forcing myself, you know, I'm exposing myself to it for mindfulness, to, you know, not to escape, but because I, I absolutely adore music and I yeah. listen to it, you know, all the time if I could, 24 7. Um, but yeah, when it comes to those, and that's why I went for vinyl. So it won't, you know, to join the the hipster brigade. The collectors club. Yeah, because um, clearly I, you know, I shaved my beard because hipsters started growing them. So <laughs> I'm the grumpy guy that don't like hipsters because they copied me. Cause that's how I see it. Because anyway. <laughs> there were no hipsters around twenty years ago. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I haven't bought into vinyl for that I've bought into vinyl because you do get you do escape now you don't get that I mean your phone can hold a lot of music now you can get some really nice headphones that attaches to your phone even you know noise cancelling that or even bluetooth and you could be sat there immersed because of these headphones in, in music but it's still that same thing for me if people have never had that physical album thing then the, this is probably just 
alien talk or gobbledygook or mm. yeah you're at Jake it's going over the head but once you've had that once you've had an experience of not being able to do what else but get a physical album and listen to it all the way through and read the lyrics that were on the booklet inside mm. and, and you know the pictures and stuff of the band because we weren't immersed in this sort of digital world of music before then you know for for me vinyl is that sort of tenfold hundredfold because it's not a little cd mm. and you know i'm i'm quite i'm fortunate enough to have a nice system and nice speakers and you know i put the vinyl on and i'm listening to that vinyl and yeah i can completely just escape i think similar to what you're saying there the physical feel of it and getting lost the, the sort of festival or live music example for me is the feeling of it as well. So you literally feel the music. Yeah. Oh, your chest, like, beating you. Yeah. And, you you, you know, that you saying about um, your sort of preferred genre, about the, the rhythm and the beat and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Hundred, I, can, I, I sort of uh, understand a little bit uh, where you're coming from. Some of the music. <laughs> no, because, like, we um, inadvertently were stood probably five metres away from each other at yeah, the festival no, once. Didn't even know. Um, watching Royal Blood. Do you know where I stand? Right in front of Sound Desk. Yeah, it's best sound. Well, that's why it's Sound Desk, sir. That certainly is. <laughs> Logic. But I didn't realise he was stood five, literally five. Must have been five yards away from each other. And, yeah. and you, you know, I've seen loads of different. Been really fortunate to see loads of different people, genres live, and, and you, the feeling that that created. Yeah, great quality sound because we stood near the Sound Desk. But <laughs> that's the similar principle. The physical feel of it is something that I think definitely helps to sort of. Yeah. Squeeze Arena does that, you feel completely immersed. Yeah. Because, because of the fan shell and, and yeah, yeah, and just because of the sound and how good it is. And you feel it, yeah, and it beats, you know, it's a, it becomes physical at that point, yeah. isn't it? The, the last thing I, I wanted to sort of probably check in with you about um, was the sort of, and you probably have to help with this bit a little bit more than us two, John, but um, the sort of physical emotional you've touched on that a little bit already but the creative side of playing and writing or creating music whether that be like for me I've started uh, I've joined up with one of my friends she plays in the in the women's team and she sings she's amazing I've started sort of pushing myself a little bit outside my comfort zone and playing with her and then even last time singing with her as well badly but it would, you know, that my levels down there, sort of putting myself in that position. Uh, Luke, you can you can play a couple of different instruments as well. Obviously, John, you've been part of a few, a few different bands, and I currently as well, I believe. I sort of wanted to pick your brains a little bit about that and the creative process or where music comes from. Or just even being involved in that live that live performance. You actually well, well, from as a sound engineer, oh, yeah, 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 involved in a live performance with obviously with a ten-piece band, and it's exhilarating. It's hard work. It's yeah. tiring, but it's fun and it's rewarding. It's something you look forward to doing, but it's like I say, it's it's, it's, it's tiring. <laughs> it takes effort, but it's it's good. Yeah. Really missed it, mate. Because uh, Lauren had been coming round, uh, obviously pre-lockdown. Sunday afternoons yeah. just for an hour or two you're proper missing it yeah it's the whole social element to it isn't it it's yeah. that routine you get from it as well setting the stuff yeah. up yeah seeing, seeing fans dancing and that's and the stuff. thing with, that's the thing with bands you know there's, there's that connection there and yeah I'm, I'm currently in a band called Knitting and Grooves and we're kind of doing so my, my genre before was completely different but we're more like post-punk yeah. post-rock now mm. so kind of your new order type of vibe so you know Again, this is why I can't say that, you know, people using digital things, you know, there's no craft in it because I've seen it firsthand and maybe yeah. my experience in this new band is, is teaching me that a little bit more, I don't know, but yeah, the creative process for me is the same as, is the same as for anything else. There's no, there's no magic sort of wand um, with the creative pro- process for me, you know, you you could have something on your mind, like I had the grief of my granddad and I wrote a song, or you can have nothing on your mind and you just kind of relax into it and it just flows and you just end up going. You know, it's it's those happy accidents, I suppose, because you'll just be playing something, just messing about with chords, and you just go from one chord to another chord to another chord and then it'll just give you that feeling. Yeah. You'll recognise or you'll, it'll give you that feeling of, this is a good progression. Yeah. I've stumbled across a, a really good chord progression here. I'm going to maybe work around that a little. Or You kind of do that 
sort of creatively without stopping to think and just carry on playing and then before you know it you know you're sort of building up a structure and a melody of a, of a song in my experience mm. I know it's, I, different, it's different for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, because I suppose it never helped me to think, you know, right, Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights, we're going to sit down, we're going to write two songs, gonna be, no, because, you know, same as all else, you know, and, you, and you'll know from rugby and football, for all the will in the world, you want to turn up on a Sunday and you want to play your best game, <laughs> or a Saturday and you want to play your best game, or you want to train your artist on a Tuesday night, Thursday night, Wednesday night, whatever it might be. But for some reason, some weeks, it just... Yeah. It doesn't happen, does it? Yeah, it comes when it comes, doesn't it? Forced. Yeah. Well, you, 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 might, you might try and force it, but actually, yeah. for some reason, you might... You know, I've had games where I've, I've played amazing, and I couldn't put my finger on it, and then I've had games where I've played really bad. Mm. And it's like, well, hold on. What's different? You know, I've got no injuries. I, I really wanted to turn up. I, you know, my head's in the right space. My head's not being taken, distracted by something else that's happening at home or at work or all like that. Just what happened today, mm. and that's the same for, and that's the same for writing music, I suppose, mm. in a way for me. You know, sometimes you'll sit down, and, and at that point, I won't force it. I walk away. I'll just, be, and I'll probably go listen to music instead. Yeah, um, to just kind of counter that feeling that I've got when I sit down. I'm like, oh, I can't really force this. But then other times, I picked up. Funnily enough, you're talking about this. I picked up the guitar, um, sort of last week for the first time in a bit because obviously we've had lockdown and stuff, um, and just. Uh, Pretty much, and you know, people say this all the time, and you know, whatever. But pretty much, wrote like a, a whole song structure of verse, choruses, middle eights, intros, stuff like that, probably in about six or seven minutes. And I didn't change much mm. because I was just in that mood, sat down. I'd been listening to some of the day prior, so that had kind of settled, mm. you know, that had kind of settled with me. Um, just sat down and just, you know, just wrote out a a song really really quickly and I only changed sort of two or three chords or two or three bits to it and it just seemed to flow really easy but you know I could try that again yeah. and get nowhere near it I suppose is what the point I'm trying to make nice awesome I mean the last question I suppose I asked before we get to Luke's line the eagerly anticipated Luke's line which is definitely prepared because he always prepares one <laughs> is the power of music do you think music has power and what does it have the power to do or not do We've talked about influence already, but... Yeah, power to influence, power to heal, I suppose someone might say, you know, it, it, whether it's a relationship or grief, power to... I think it's got the power change to... Your, change your attitude. Change your emotion, change, change your feeling. Emotion. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's lots... Th- make you think to actually change your, the, 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 the patterns in your brain as well, mm. and to help you calm. I'd love to know more about it. I think there'd be lots of stuff out there, but I reckon, yeah, it's got to... There'll, there'll be far more... Um, it's incredibly powerful we wouldn't we wouldn't listen to music I suppose if it wasn't powerful if it didn't do something to us or make us think a certain way mm. or make us feel a certain way I have so much sort of history and knowledge of it going back to way 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 back when where it was just maybe just you know because they are essentially vibrations so just when it was just if you watch a, if you watch a scary film without the music you know, it's laughable it's comedy generally yeah. you can watch a scene from a scary film with no music and it's comedy put the music on Intensifies the whole experience. They're really like to that, isn't they? Yeah. And you mentioned Hans Zimmer earlier. Um, oh, Ennio Morricone. Ennio Morricone. These composers are such tricky names, John. So I hope Luke's line's got him. He, he, also, he also died recently as well. Karen's talking. Karen's yeah, no. Um, there's a real art to it. You're, you're, I'm, I've got a real appreciation for for Hans Zimmer, you know, John Williams. These are all big classics, and there's loads of people that I, I'll not know the name of who are equally as brilliant. Um, Hopefully John's found that person. Ennio Morricone. Yeah, and I, like you've said, massive films, the greatest films of all time, would they be great without the score behind them? They've got, they have the greatest soundtracks, surely. What's your, what's your number? Jurassic Park. Oh, what, John Williams, what a you, guy. You see, Ennio Morricone, just some of his films, um, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, Once Upon a Time in America, yeah, Cinema mm. Paradiso is a really good one. He was just, he was just a real. I think, he, the, I think the he might have done films are just phenomenal. I think any of might have done. I don't know if he did a Tarantino as well. Yeah, well, I think we're around about a good spot, chaps. Luke's line is it? Is it time for Luke's line? <laughs> Equally anticipated, more anticipated than the podcast itself. This. Those who dance 
are considered insane by those who can't hear music. Frederick Nietzsche. I'm intrigued to see if that's the right way to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely how you pronounce his name. <laughs> right. Cheers, everybody. A massive thank you for everyone for tuning in again. Looking out for a whippet as well. Obviously, same as usual. Please get in touch with us on social media or via email. Um, our social media is at 3 Whippet. Um, the email address is, is found in the sort of bios within that social media. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple. Anywhere you want to find a podcast, hopefully we'll be around and about on those sites. We really appreciate you listening. It's a good opportunity for us to sort of uh, share our thoughts and feelings around loads of different topics. Get in touch with us if you want to chat or if you want to be with it. Thanks again. Yeah.